You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. excited uh, to talk about the um, the draft player that, that we are you know discussing tonight um, anyone that's been listening knows that we've been doing a lot of draft related episodes we've been very fortunate enough to have um, various coaching assistants video coordinators head coaches on to speak with us about the 2020 draft class and um, we are very pumped to talk as two Knicks fans someone that Nick's Twitter has been very very enamored with uh, Malachi Flynn to help us break down Malachi Flynn and the great parts of his game. Uh, we are very pumped to have associate head coach for San Diego State, Jay Morris. Uh, coach, how's it going? Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Oh man, it's going great. Uh, we're back in the gym, so things are good. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Absolutely, and I'm sure it must be good to get back in the gym. A little bit of normalcy back. Um, you know, the court has to be uh, the safe haven for you at this point. It definitely is. Uh, you know, the days still aren't 100%, uh, you know, back to normal, but those couple hours that you have in the gym around your guys, it makes you feel like uh, there is uh, some positives that are going on in the world. So uh, I'm glad that we uh, definitely have that. Absolutely. I think for Malachi, uh, the first place I want to start is, um, I mean, such an amazing talent. Even if you don't watch him play, you look at his st- statistics Specifically, his analytics uh, really pop a lot. Um, but if you can go back to, you know, kind of the transfer process, uh, him coming over from Washington State, one of the things that I noted in an interview, he talked a lot about the tradition and family atmosphere at San Diego State as something that really, um, you know, kind of grabbed him in terms of wanting to play at that program. Um, you know, what did he add to the atmosphere when he came? And how does that culture start? Culture is probably the biggest buzzword thrown around in NBA college circles. But, you know, being someone that has been there in the locker room, on the court, um, video meeting rooms, you know, where does that culture start for you guys? Uh, well, to be honest with you, uh, during the recruiting process uh, of Malachi, I wasn't actually here. I got here probably two months after him. Uh, but I'm, I'm very familiar with where that word comes from, and his name is Steve Fisher. Uh, 
Um, I've had uh, lifelong friends that have played and worked for this program. So just as Malachi talked about tradition um, in the conversations that he has, I, I, I use that same word as why I wanted to come here as an assistant coach. Um, so Steve Fisher, the legendary Steve Fisher, he has uh, built that culture, built that foundation. And, you know, when he decided it was time for him to take a step back, the guy that took over was the guy that was by his side for probably 30 years and Brian Dutcher. Um, and so uh, they're both great people. Um, they're very knowledgeable. And not only do they care about getting players better, they care about people. And I think as a, as a, a head coach or an assistant coach, when you care about people, I think that leads to build a strong foundation for the program or for a program. And that's the foundation that San Diego State basketball has been built on. And so um, to sum it up, uh, Steve Fisher is the reason why things are how they are. And Coach Dutcher has remained to keep keep it rolling. And what what did you feel like when Malachi came on campus? What did he add to that? Um, He's the epitome of what Steve Fisher is, I mean, he's a, he's a great person. Um, his work ethic is impeccable. Um, you can walk into the practice facility at all times of the day and night, and he's in there. Um, he's a, a, a leader uh, by example, not necessarily the most vocal guy in the world, but the, his talent level and the way that he works, uh, he led by example. Um, and when the lights turned on, he was uh, he was there to show up every every day. Um, and so that's kind of uh, what I saw in him. You know, um, what he did in the Pac-12 before he came to the Mountain West was noted. Everybody was 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 um, aware of what he did and he didn't let anybody down because he's ultra prepared, uh, ready for the moment and has uh, supreme confidence in himself. And so that just resonated throughout the program. Um, along with the foundation that we've been built on and him as our uh, leader, uh, we were able to have an amazing season last year. I think um, you talked about his confidence, and that's something that I feel like is um, unmistakable when you watch Malachi play. And this word has been used, uh, attached to him a lot, so I'm sure you've heard it before. But he really does play with immense swagger, and you can really see it uh, when you watch him. You know, he really does feel like he's the best on the court. Where do you feel like that comes from? Is that something that developed when he came on campus? Or do you feel like he had that before? I know that he grew up in a big family, a family of athletes. Um, but where, where do you feel like that comes from? Yeah, I, th- I think his upbringing, if you, you pay attention to what he says in a lot of his interviews, he was always an underdog. And being that underdog, he always come, came out successful. So when you're an underdog a certain amount of times and you always win, um, it's inevitable that you're going to uh, start to breed that, that, that confidence level. And so I think that's where it's come from. He grew up in a, a, a family that was surrounded by sports and sports just, um, you know, it puts that competitive blood in you. And I think he has that. Um, and he, he, he had been overlooked for so long. But again, the time effort, energy, everything that he puts into it, um, whenever it's time for him to step out there, he's he's prepared because he's been through that uh, numerous times. And, um, you know, I think that's what, what's led to him uh, being so successful today. I mean, when he you know went to Washington State, he was under-recruited, um, originally signed uh, at Pacific. You guys know the whole story. Um, but how do you go from being under-recruited, barely getting a scholarship, at Pacific to 
being, uh, you know, hopefully a first round draft pick. It was always in him. He just needed a, a platform and a stage to shine. And, he, and, you know, he's had that. And now he is where he is just because of who he is as a, as a person and a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said just five foot uh, two as a freshman in high school, right? And five foot uh, six as a sophomore. So he was. He said being undersized has helped him his whole career because he had he's had a chip on his shoulder because, like he said, he's been under recruited. And uh, but I, I wanted to also ask you about another. I think Jeff was referring to the uh, the interview that we read with him in Basketball News, and in that interview, he talked about uh, how he uh, looks at Chris Paul's game as someone that he aspires to to be like, and we're big Chris Paul fans on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So that's something that stuck out with us. And so we wanted to ask you if there's anything that Malachi does or he's works on that really reminds you of something that Chris Paul about Chris Paul's game. Um, I mean, they're, they're competitive. They're, they're similar in, in stature. Neither one of them are, you know, uh, prototypical NBA height or athleticism. Um, but I think that they both have a deep knowledge of the game, angles, change of speed, uh, change of pace, um, space, ways to create space. Um, so I, I do think that there are some similarities. I wouldn't compare them as players, um, but I do think there are some similarities in terms of the IQ um, and, and the way that they approach the game. I think those things and those intangibles are very similar. Um, but there's some differences as well. I think, I mean, you know, it's Malachi has his has his own game. And to be honest with you, like, he played a lot of two-guard for us, even with it, you know, being, I mean, I think he's listed as 6'2". Uh, if he's that, you know, I'm he may be that, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I, I don't see Chris Paul being an effective two-guard in the NBA. I think Malachi could play two positions. Now, guarding both positions in the NBA – uh, may be a little different, but in terms of offensive scoring punch, I think Malachi, if you put him out there, he could do that more, uh, you know, at a, at a higher clip than, than Chris Paul, and that's no knock on Chris Paul at all. But I just think that uh, Malachi, if, if needed to score uh, every night in, night out at a high clip, I think he can do that. Uh, and so uh, I do think there are some similarities, but I also think there are some differences, uh, and, and both of them are great players in their own right. So at the next level, do you think his best role is more of like a, a pick and roll playmaker? Because he was great at that. Obviously, for you guys, he led the conference in assists. He was so good at that, and a great decision maker too. Great assist to turnover ratio. But uh, do you think his next uh, at the next level would his best uh, uh, asset would he be as a pick and roll playmaker or as like a an isolation type scorer? How, how would you view him there? Um, you know, just to, to be honest, whatever team he gets drafted to, I don't think he's going to uh, be picked to come in and score a bunch of points. So whatever team he's going to go to, I'm pretty sure he's going to be making plays for the stars they already have on their team. Um, and if he is uh, blessed and, and lucky enough to, to remain in the league for um, some years, I think he can develop into – um, a guy that you could go to uh, for isolation isolation situations and to score points. Um, but initially what he's going to be get, get drafted off of, if he's uh, blessed enough to do that, is going to be his playmaking ability. And um, he, he definitely has an innate ability to see things 
uh, a second before they happen. And all the guys in the league that play at a, at a high level, I think, definitely have that ability. And he has that. Um, and, you know, again, college and, and the NBA are totally different things. But we, we had uh, uh, four other good players out there with him on the floor at all time. And that's what he would be equipped with in the NBA. And so I think uh, whatever team's lucky, lucky enough to, uh, to get him, he'll definitely get guys in spots uh, where they're able to be very productive NBA players. I think it's um, it's really impressive. We were talking about his size. He won Defensive Player of the Year despite being just six one. Um, you know, when you watch him play, what does he bring to the table defensively that really stands out? Is he just a really good anticipator? You know, knowledgeable of schemes, uh, keeping players in front of him. Like, what do you think is his most impressive defensive skill? Um. You know, I, I, I read something the other day, or I may have heard it, um, and it said when the Cavs were in the playoffs a couple years ago, uh, LeBron James told somebody, I believe it was on the Raptors, uh, they, they called out a play, and LeBron James had to tell the guy yeah, on the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. Right there, right? This is where you're supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, the Rosen said that. The Rosen said that, yeah. Yeah, Malachi is, is that kind of guy. Like wow. He puts him on, and he picks it up right away. And so I think if you talk to Malachi, uh, I think, you know, he did he did win that award. Um, but if you read what he said, K.J. Fagan, who was on our team, he pretty much had the assignment of guarding the, the toughest player uh, every night and did a tremendous job at that. And I think Malachi was able to anticipate off of all the pressure that K.J. was able to put on the best player on the other team. Um, that which allowed him to to receive that award. Um, and so if I had to put one thing on it, I would say, like I said earlier, he sees things a, a second before they happen. And so if you have a, a, a guard on the other team, Malachi knows where he's throwing before he throws that guy the ball. And that's how he was able to lead the conference in steals and, and um, you know, accomplish all the things that he accomplished on the defensive end. And so with the NBA, I mean, you have to have, great anticipation, just the dimensions of the court and the rules that you are, uh, you know, boxed into playing on defense. you got to have great anticipation if you're going to be a good defensive team. And so he has that uh, with also the ability to understand any defensive scheme that you that you give him. So, um, again, with the, the supreme size and athleticism at the, uh, at the next level, it's going to be um, a, a great task for him. But – Again, everything that's been put in front of him uh, up to this point in his career, he's been able to hand, handle it. So I don't see anything changing right now. And we hear the term, we talked about his work ethic earlier. We hear, we hear the term gym rat all the time. Um, and in some interviews, I've seen that, you know, applied to Malachi as well. Do you have any stories that you can tell us that kind of symbolize his work ethic and, and his commitment to the team? Uh, well, I mean, the, the one story, I can't remember who we played, but it was a game where he didn't uh, shoot the ball extremely well. And uh, we caught a plane home after the game. And uh, us as a staff, we went up to the office to meet for a second. Um, and when we came back and dropped all of our stuff off in our practice facility, who was the guy in there shooting? Malachi Flynn. It was probably 1230 in the morning. Um, so instead of going home or going to see his girlfriend or whatever the case may have been, he was in there honing his craft. And um, like I said earlier in, in, in this podcast, I mean, you could walk in there um, anytime, a day or night, and, you know, not he, he, had, he had good grades too. So it wasn't like he was messing up in the classroom to get in there. Uh, but 
he 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 he's a basketball junkie. Um, uh, you know, so that that's the one specific story. Um, and you probably will hear more. Um, but you know, he he eats and sleeps basketball. Mm. And um, which hold on one second. Um, what would be, what would you say is the biggest thing that he needs to work on at the professional level? Um, you know, probably, uh, finishing around the basket. Um, you know, he is very, he's very crafty and was crafty for us. Um, but again, when you got, you know, seven feet every night that move just as fast as you laterally. Um, I, 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 you know, on the perimeter, I mean, he was able to create a lot of space to get jumpers off, but sometimes the lane in the NBA is so open, you got to get in there and, and, and finish. Um, and I don't know if that's something you can work on. I've worked with guys on finishing all the time. And a lot of times guys either have it or they don't. Um, and I think he's a, a decent finisher and not a great finisher. So I think if there's some way that he can um, continue to Im- improve on that, um, that would definitely benefit him. But um, he has a, a knack to getting fouled, you know, and when he and, and when he gets fouled, I mean, I, I think if he went to, if he, you know, he's lucky enough to get drafted, he'll be a 90% NBA shoot, free throw shooter. I mean, he doesn't really miss him, didn't shoot him great early last year um but i think he has a knack to getting fouled so even if he doesn't become a great finisher i think he is crafty enough to turn a a missed layup into two made free throws he mentioned that needing to improve on his finishing on a espn interview he did but he talked about uh working on his floater game too he mentioned guys uh his size uh using the floater like trey young he was talking about like with uh mike schmidt's interview that he did but I wanted to ask you guys about your season that you had this year. That you guys were thirty and two. You were great this year, obviously, and Malachi was obviously a big part of that. But uh, I wanted to ask you uh, when the season shut down. You were a, a favorite to go to the national championship, uh, and Malachi, what what was like the thought process? Did you guys think you had a chance to win the whole thing? Where where was your mind at with that? You know, we, you know, all these guys have, everybody has a mantra, you know, of winning a championship when you, when you come in for, uh, you know, in the summer and, and start uh, in the fall. Um, but once we started on our, on our uh, streak that we, I think, I believe we won 26 straight before we lost. Once we started winning, all we talked about was winning the next game. And so, you know, if you'd have came in in, in in our meetings, all we talked about was winning the next game. Mm. Um, and so, we never got too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, we all knew deep down inside that we did have something special, just with the amount of talent, IQ, and the culture that had been built, and those guys buying in. Um, so we never talked about winning a national championship. And we, you know, if we said we win this next game and win this next game, that would have been the talk uh, for the remainder of the season. And I think that's what allowed us to win 26 games in a row because we never got too far ahead of ourselves. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we did get shut down, um, you know, before the season uh, was, was ultimately, you know, going to be completed. 
And to be honest with you, I think if we were able to continue to play, I don't know if we would have won the national championship or not. But I know that Malachi Flynn would have had a hell of a run in the NCAA tournament. And so all these different mock drafts and speculation of where he'll be drafted, if we were able to continue to play, I believe that would have been no question he would have been, you know, an early to mid first round pick. Um, but as we said earlier, <laughs> he's been an underdog his whole life and there's always been an obstacle put in front of him and he's always prevailed. So uh, I don't see anything different happening now. Um, I've um, talked to a lot of NBA organizations about him. Nobody is saying anything negative. And, um, you know, he's in Las Vegas working as hard as he's always worked. And so I, I don't see anything but the sky li- the, uh, as the limit being for Malachi Flynn. Yeah, he's moving up draft boards anyway. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I saw the, the Heat are really interested in him. That was the most recent team I saw. And they have the 20th pick. So he's like the – he's on their radar and uh, – Recent draft, I saw the Bucks taking him with 24, but he's moving up draft boards because I remember when I initially saw was reading about him, they said he was going to be a second round pick, and now he's firmly in the first round. So he's a he's definitely a riser, and he's very popular draft pick. So everybody's high on him right now, for sure. And and to, to be honest with you, I mean, I think Malachi understands this whole process, and if. For some reason, he's not picked where he's being slotted. I still see success in his career in the NBA just because that's who he is. That's that's where he's come from, and that's who he's going to be. So whatever happens, um, I have no concern that he's going to be, um, you know, a high-level uh, professional basketball player. The Knicks have a, uh, a pick at 27, and Chip and I are keeping our fingers crossed that he lasts till 27, <laughs> but that might be a little wishful thinking, but we hope so. Well, I'm going to tell you, if the Knicks called me today to hire me, we'd be taking him out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um, what is he like off the court? You know, I know that you said earlier that he's a lead by example type. Um, is he more of a low-key guy, an introvert? Uh, is he is he a jokester? Uh, what, what's he kind of like off the court? You know, he's, uh, he's low-key. I wouldn't call him an introvert. I actually think... Uh, my personality and his personality are very similar. I mean, he's a very focused, uh, mature young man. Uh, you know, beyond his beyond his years, um, <clears throat> he uh, he's definitely uh, you know a, a, a favorite amongst his teammates, just because they know he's a guy that you can confide in. He's a guy that you could talk to. Um, he's not a rah rah guy, uh, but. You know, he sets an example in practice. He practices hard every day. Um, you know, he you know he may go to a party, but he's not going to be the life of the party. And uh, he's he's not you know going to not talk to people. I mean, I, I you know I, I think if he's uh, you know lucky enough to to, to make it to the NBA, uh, you know, a franchise would definitely be uh, happy to have him in the sense of he's not going to embarrass your organization um, again. I, I said it before, he's very mature. Um, and I'll give you a, a story. As, as much as he was a lead by example guy, um, I believe I believe we clinched our uh, conference championship with like three games remaining in our uh, season, um, conference season. And I believe it was a Tuesday or Wednesday that we clinched. It was a school day. And you could tell all the players were, you know, excited and going to try to find some, you know, way to have fun. 
And I said, I, I pulled him aside and I said, Malachi, you are in charge of all these guys tonight. <laughs> I don't want to hear of anybody getting in trouble. If they get in trouble, I'm coming to you. And we showed up the next day at the meeting. Everybody was there. No coaches got any phone calls. Um, so he's a leader in that sense. When he needs to step up and make sure something gets done, he'll do it. Mm. Um, but, again, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's not going to come in every day and be the, the, the life of what's going on in terms of vocal. Um, but you know you, you know you can trust him. You know you can confide in him. You know you can joke with him. You know he has a sense of humor. But, it's, you know, he just doesn't have, um, you know, a super bubbly, you know, personality. He's all business. And that's – I don't think anything's wrong with that. No, and I, I think, no. um, you know, when people are um, – you know, when GMs and front offices are coming and talking to you guys, I think that's the type of uh, attitude and approach that they're going to really appreciate in a young person, you know, specifically coming into, um, you know, their organization – and uh, the next question kind of piggybacks off that a little bit. Um, you know, if you could compare his mentality, you talked about him being a focused and serious dude. Uh, two, it's kind of a two-pronged question. If you could compare his mentality to any current NBA player or players that you personally have come across of, you know, who would that be? And if you could compare his offensive game to somebody currently in the NBA, who would that be? Um, it's going to sound crazy, but I would com uh, compare his mentality to a Russell Westbrook. Like, you're not going to see the fire and the passion, but it's in there. So you're going to get the same out of it. Um, and to me, Russell is one of the most competitive guys in the NBA. And so that's what's led what has led Malachi to being so successful. He has it in him. You're not necessarily going to see it, but he has that same fire, passion, and competitive edge and that uh West, russell westbrook has so that's who i would uh you know com compare him to in, in, in that regard um as a as a player um uh, i would say um um i'm trying to think uh i'm, I'm drawing a blank um, well, we I, have this there was there was i know there's been um some comparisons to other you know, mid-major guards that have come out like uh, like a Fred Van Vliet, um, you know, kind of in, in that vein. I think I think Malachi's playmaking is a little bit more advanced than, than Fred, but when it comes to catch and shoot, the little step back, I think that, you know, there's some similarities there a little bit. Yep, yep. Uh, Fred is, I think, you know, he's a strong bull. I don't think Malachi is that. Monty Morris is somebody that comes to mind mm -hmm. to me. Uh, you know, had a great career at, at Iowa State. Um, scored it, passed it. Um, you know, not, you know, a high flyer, uh, but I think he has a really high IQ. Um, and so I don't I don't remember where he was drafted, but he's, he's carved out a, a good niche for himself in the oh, yeah. NBA. Um, Fred is Fred Van Vliet. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good comparison. I just, I think he's... Not saying that Malachi is not strong, but 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 Fred to me relies more on his strength than Malachi. Uh, I think Malachi is a, a step quicker, um, and again, you know, uh, both with the step backs and things like that, um, I, I think they are similar. Um, but you know, to, you know, to be honest with you, it it, it depends. 
I think what system he gets drafted in, he's kind of a chameleon. Um, and so you could put him in, in one system and he could be a ball dominant guy uh, that makes everybody better. Or you could put him, you know, off the ball in space and he can score. So there, you know, I mean, there are players like that. I, I, I would have a hard time comparing, you know, all of those people right now. Uh, but to me, he's a chameleon depending on what team drafts him. Um, I think he can play a bunch of different roles for a team, um, especially offensively. Which um, I was looking at, you know, kind of his game log from this past season. Um, obviously, a really impressive record. You know, he drops 28 against Iowa, 36 against Nevada right before the conference tourney. Which performance in your mind sticks out the most to you in terms of what, when NBA teams look at him and it's like, okay, what what are we getting? And it doesn't necessarily have to be the, the game with the most points, but what performance is really going to stick out to you and? GMs are going to look like look at that performance specifically and say, "Wow, that was that was really impressive." I would have to say the Iowa game because okay. uh, San Diego State not being in a Power Five conference—that's what what everybody's going to say—is he didn't play against great competition uh, every night. And as well as our league is, I mean, night in night out, we you know we have some battles, um, but 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 you know we went up against Iowa. I'm not going to say we were dead, but I know that halftime wasn't uh, wasn't peaceful. You wouldn't like to hear that all that language on us on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and he put the team on his back against you know uh, Garza and all those guys who are going to you know be potential NBA draft picks uh, who play in the Big Ten, which is arguably one of the best conferences in college basketball. Um, he put San Diego State basketball on his back. And let us. So I would have to say that because all the things that people say that we don't play against night in, night out, we played that night. Um, and he let us in every facet, made the, the, the passes when the passes needed to be made. And when guys weren't making shots, he said, okay, I'm going to put you guys on my, I'm going to just score the ball when I need to. And they couldn't stop him. Um, and so I would have to say that performance um, out of all of them stood out to me. What would you say is his um, most elite offensive skill? You know, I, the, when I was saying before, the analytics really pop. Um, I mean, 95th percentile or higher in a lot of pick and roll points per possessions. I mean, you just don't see stuff like that a lot. But the things that stand out to me are that step back three, um, you know, vision in the pick and roll, hitting guys cross court. What what stands out to you the most? Um I'm going to give you something general first. What stands out to me is that he always makes the right play. So whether it's need, needing to score it or pass it in that moment, he makes the right play. Um, but to me, it's uh, it's creating space. Um, it's creating space. Um, he's Again, he's not ultra quick, but he's herky-jerky. And so, you know, he, he, he gets you to think that he's going, and he can stop on a dime and pull up, which creates space. And when somebody bigger, stronger, faster is guarding him, that's what he needs to get a shot off. Of course, you just mentioned step back three. Um, and so, uh, to me, his most uh, canning ability offensively is to create space, whether it's to get all the way to the rim or to get his jump shot off, whether it be a step back or a, or stop on a dime, pull up. He knows uh, 
um, how to create the space. And to me, that is a hard thing to figure out, but he's mastered it. He spent one year with you guys, uh, and he became obviously an NBA level uh, prospect in that year. What was the biggest improvement you saw from him from the start of the year until now? Um, the, the playmaking. Um, okay. Again, I'm a, as much credit as I give him on that, I give it to his teammates as well because I was actually talking to an NBA team about him earlier. And not to knock anybody to play to Washington State, but – you know, he can make a great move at Washington State and make a pass. And if he doesn't have another player on the floor capable of make, knocking that shot down a uh, majority of the time, it's, it's not an assist and nobody says anything about it. And so we had, every time he was out there, it was four other great players on the floor. And so all that did was, you know, uh, highlight his analytical makeup because the plays that he was making ended up being analytics because the person with the ball did something with it. Right. So um, he made the right decision, and the guys that were on the receiving end of it helped him out by making a bucket, and that's ultimately what the game comes yeah. down to. Um, so that the you know making the right play at the right time to me was the thing that stood out. Um, but again, at the same time, we had other great players that were able to you know finish off and assist or whatever it may have been to. Uh, you know, highlight his abilities. Yeah, his, his freshman year at Washington State averaged 2.9 assists, this year 5.1. So a big improvement for him and obviously the teammates too. Right, and if you go back and look at some of that stuff, and, and I haven't, but I've watched enough basketball to know that I'm pretty sure he was probably making some of those same passes and the ball wasn't going in. And mm. so if we would have had, you know, some other, some players not as good as the players we had this year, we wouldn't be talking about his analytical makeup right now. Yeah. Uh, but to his credit, uh, we had other great players around him, and, um, you know, they were ultimately able to help him um, do what he's done. One of the other things, um, you know, a, a question I just thought of that I don't know that I've asked other you know, uh, associate coaches or, or GAs or video coordinators. But one thing that I think does matter to fans of teams is, you know, what is he what is he like in the community, you know, in terms of, um, you know, joining uh, various organizations or helping out, things like that. Is that something that's in the forefront of his mind? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he was pretty much uh, – he did what was asked of him in terms of community service – media obligations um and usually uh i only it was me and my sister but my both of my parents uh came from big families and usually when you come from big families you just have a given personality um and so uh again i don't i don't i don't think he may not be out there leading the charge uh to do some of this stuff but i i i, I know that that's in his heart and if he's asked to help out he'll definitely do that without you know any 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 negative feedback well, he had to be out there a lot, right? Because he was winning a lot of awards. So he must have been doing a lot of media during the year, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and like, like I said, never. Uh, now, in, internally, with all the stuff that's asked of these guys, uh, he may have been like, ah, got to do yeah. it. But it wasn't like pulling teeth to get him there. Right. He, you know, he was, uh, he was there. 
answered all the questions and shook the hands and did all the stuff that he needed to do. And, um, you know, nothing's going to change. Uh, he'll only get better at that as he, as he, you know, gets older and gets around some of these guys who do that for a living. So. If you had to uh, pinpoint, you know, I know um, players will adapt to wherever they go, um, but just knowing him the way that you know, what type of environment do you think would suit his personality more? If he gets drafted to a big city, um, if he gets drafted to uh, an organization that's maybe a little bit more small market, what do you think is going to benefit him and maybe aid his development the most? Um. As long as they have a basketball court there, he's going to be all right. You know, uh, one thing about a leader um, is you could put a leader anywhere, um, and they're and they're going to thrive. And, and I feel that way about Malachi. Um, again, he's not trying to go out and be the socialite. Um, and so, in the big markets, that's what I mean. That's the big difference is you have you know, all of the entertainment nightlife. He doesn't necessarily need that. So I think he'll be fine in any market that he goes to. He's a gym rat. Um, you know, he has a small circle of people. He doesn't have an entourage. So it's not going to be like he goes to a small market and he brings all these people with him and they can't deal with the social aspect of a small city. Um, he, he, he has a, you know, a small circle, pretty much his family and a couple friends that he grew up with in Tacoma. So, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see that being an issue at all. He, he, he was in Pullman, Washington, which is totally different than the city of San Diego, and he was successful right. at both places. So wherever he goes, uh, I don't see uh, adaptation being an issue for him at all. Chip, do you have uh, anything else for, for Coach before you let him go? No, I, I don't think so. I think I got to everything. I wanted to ask about Chris Paul mostly and uh, and the Knicks, obviously. Yeah. I think you got to everything pretty much. I think uh, I think we we always ask that, but I, I do uh, I do I I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't ask. You know, knowing um you know what you know about the the Knicks roster. You know, obviously we have some young players: R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. Um, how do you think Malachi would fit? you know, with the group that's currently there. Also, Tom Thibodeau, a new coach known as kind of like a, a hard-driving taskmaster. You know, how do you think Malachi fits within that that environment? Um, again, I'll use the word chameleon. Um, you could, you know, whatever environment you put him in, whoever you put him around, he's going to be him. Um, and again, he's the, that, that's the reason he's been successful today. Um, so... Uh, I'm a Laker fan, sorry to say, but I, no, I, I've, seen a, I, I, I've seen a mock draft with him at the Lakers, so I, I, would, I hope he ends up in L.A. Um, but, again, whatever team you put him with, whatever, whoever you put him around, I don't, I don't see him wavering any way. Um, so whether you put him with, uh, you know, Tom Thibodeau, who's, you know, you said a taskmaster, or whoever you can think of who's the, you know, number one players coach, He's not going to change who he is. Um, and any coach, whether it's the taskmaster or the players coach, is going to like to have a guy like him on their team because yep. he's about the right things. He loves basketball. He picks the game up. He's not afraid to practice every day. Um, he loves the game too much to sit out. I mean, he had an injured wrist at the beginning of the year last year. We were trying to get him sit out. He didn't want to sit out of practice because he loves basketball. 
And so if you love basketball that much, as much as he does, it doesn't matter who you play for or guys that they put around you. You're going to be who you are. And that's who he is. And so whatever team um, selects them, uh, they're going to they're gonna be uh, excited that they did and they're going to have a gym. Awesome. I, I think uh, that's a, a great kind of summary of a, a really exciting prospect. Malachi Flynn is somebody I, I know – you know, in, in one of the sites that I was writing for, I wrote kind of like a little scouting report for him. I forget how many months ago. Um, but just when you watch him on tape, you, you see something, you know, really special. And I hope whatever, wherever he gets drafted, that it that it works out. Um, but, but Coach, just want to say thank you so much for, you know, giving us some of your time tonight. Um, we wish you and obviously the University of San Diego State the best of luck this upcoming season and we'll be on the lookout for well for where malachi lands uh because that'll be interesting for sure appreciate you guys having me on hopefully uh in sometime in the near future you guys call me back another about another one of our guys that means we have a good team absolutely and listen absolutely. if he gets if he gets drafted with the knicks we will definitely be calling here <laughs> <laughs> immediately <laughs> sounds good thank you guys for having me on look forward to talking to you again sometime soon of course, absolutely. Um, to everybody listening, uh, we will be you know, coming back with a couple more draft-related episodes and our NBA A through Z series. We hope everybody is staying safe, and we will talk to you guys soon.